Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to b o l l and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 90 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I just got the team, Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What up? Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And Matt's fancy new haircut. Looks good. Hey, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Quarantine and, uh, Yeah, we're coming to the end of the week this week with a... <laughs> A lot to talk about, I think, is an understatement. Like, this has been uh, one of our crazier weeks of 2020 in a desert of a year of information. Man, did it just rain. So we got a lot to talk about over the course of this week. We're going to be breaking down that Disney Investors Day info drop specifically for the Marvel and the Star Wars of it all. A lot of big projects announced, a lot of new reveals about projects we knew about. So we got to go through all of that. We're also going to talk about all this Spider-Man 3 craziness. What a difference a week can make, really. Like, yeah, the Spider-Man 3, Marvel Spider-Man 3 is coming up. And uh, I think the question we're all asking at this point is, is Tom Holland still in this joint at this point? <laughs> so we're going to break down know. all of what's going on with that. Plus, we got some new comics to talk about this week. We're going to talk about Marvel's next big crossover event, King in Black. Plus, we're going to look at... The, uh, DC's Batman Black and White. And uh, yeah, I, that's the one that's kind of sticking with me right now because I have some thoughts. So we got to get to all of this. Let's get started. Up at the top. So like we said, we went through the uh, Disney Investors Day was a whole thing yesterday that we had to kind of do. And I'm not going to go through too much of the craziness of it all because uh, we've done a lot of excellent breakdown on comicbook.com. Janelle, BD, and Jim kind of got together for a Twitch stream to immediately afterwards to get all those feels out. Um, but there are some things we're going to talk about in kind of the larger picture of what was said and what it means kind of going forwards for the Marvel and the Star Wars franchises. So starting right at the top with the Marvel stuff, uh, the biggest thing that kind of just jumped out is just how much this Marvel TV kind of uh venture on disney plus just exploded yesterday yeah we saw kevin feige looking nice and lean after 2020 come on stage and i loved i know this was like a taped event you know and they're all standing in front of green screens and kind of telling us this stuff but kevin feige just kept hitting us with bombs and like he was just emotional. Like it was nothing. Like, yeah, he was just like, what? I got this card. I got this card. I got this card. How you feel now? And we were just all like freaking out <laughs> in our uh, comic book chat. We're all like spazzing out, losing our minds. Different people <laughs> who are fans of different things are losing like, you know, different percentages of their mind. It, it was a mess, but it was great. Um, so let's talk about what happened there. So we got a Secret Invasion Disney Plus series, which is this Nick Fury uh, series that we had heard about before. Uh, bringing back him and Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel as Talos. And that's going to be where we get Secret Invasion, apparently, in the MCU. So that's happening. That's a thing. And here's how it's going to happen. 
Armor Wars, which, you know, if you were an 80s kid like me and you read that kind of run of Iron Man, kind of Armor Wars was a big thing. And I've done different versions of it over the years. But that's like one of those classic Iron Man stories, basically, you know, the attempt to reclaim some of that technology of Tony Stark's that has gone out of control. And I guess we're spinning it in the MCU for kind of cleaning up Tony's legacy on the part of his best friend, uh, War Machine, Jim Rhodes, uh, Don Cheadle. So that's coming our way. But that's not the end of the Iron franchise. We are finally getting Riri Real... That almost went really wrong. Riri Williams as Ironheart in the Ironheart series. Yeah! So crazy. I know. I think that was the one I think Matt and I lost our minds for (laughs) at the same time in in the chat. You guys have so much context, you know, to look forward to. I feel like I represent the people that are like, oh my God, more Wanda stuff. Or like all of like the existing characters from the movies that we fell in love with and the content that's coming out with them. But the fact that you guys get to like predict and get excited about all these characters that haven't had their day yet. That's really exciting. Whoa, 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 whoa. The only thing you, I, yeah, I mean, you have created your own brand here. So the only thing I think you are trapped in the walls of your own brand, you should say is, you should be like happy for more content, correct? Janelle? Oh, 100%. I am okay. like, just make it sure we're on brand. Oh, yeah. We're on brand. All right. Content. Um, but yeah, Matt, how are you feeling about these projects? Like, what do you, what are you thinking about this kind of what they're doing with this Disney Plus section of the MCU right now? I mean, uh, that, that was a lot. It was a lot to take in. I mean, I'm, I think of the things they showed. Uh, there's a lot to get into there too, but just for the stuff that's coming up, I mean, I'm, it's no secret. Ironheart is the one I'm the most excited about just because one, I like the character, but two, it opens up so much. Like there's so much you can do spinning off from that series and injecting that. I mean, of course, that's one more step towards champions series, which would be, which would be awesome. Uh, and then of course you can also do a bunch of things with like Tony Stark and all that, you know, afterwards. So there's there's a lot of really cool stuff there. I would I feel like that's the one that hit me the most. I understand why a lot of people are excited for for Armor Wars. It wasn't like something that hit me, you know, in that in that spot. Uh, Secret Invasion is awesome. I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm not so excited that it's like it feels like it's like a Nick Fury thing, like a lead thing, like where it's going to really be like Nick Fury as like the main Driven, character yeah. and the, yeah that, well, that's not so exciting for me but if how depending on how many other characters get in the mix and stuff i'll be excited i was actually thinking about that's the one that i'm kind of having my eye on as like i i don't know where they're going with this because i think i feel like it's going to be unexpectedly like more comedic than we maybe think oh um with kind of like a buddy cop comedy like i could see them going buddy cop with ben mendelson and sam l jackson okay uh, like, as this odd pair of Nick Fury and his, you know, shape-shifting partner and all the kind of weird stuff they could do with all that as they investigate this conspiracy and stuff. Um, so I, I kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of want to see where they go with that. Also, uh, yeah, Dominic Thorne is going to be Riri Williams and that's a big come up. So that was good. We also got confirmation that yes, despite all the lies to our faces, Tatiana Maslany is the <laughs> We're getting Abomination back in that series. Tim Roth, they're basically given, doing an Incredible Hulk redo with wow. swapping in Ruffalo instead of uh, Edward Norton there. So, And I'm looking forward to like a you know tag team Hulk fight with Abomination rematch. That'd be 
Uh, that'd be an, an insane culmination of that series. And I think I think one thing I was surprised about, I didn't it sounds like they're gonna be doing like kind of the majority where she is She-Hulk, like majority of the time, um, instead of the transformation bit. So that I thought yeah. was a little surprising to me, but interested to see where that goes. Uh, Ms. Marvel was it was good to see that kind of rolling in to production. So uh, happy all around. Let's jump I was to the movie. I'm surprised with the Miss Marvel for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Looking I didn't know what that. to expect, and I really loved what they showed us. She yeah. is perfect. She. Is oh yeah, and feel free, everybody. In that role. Tell yeah. us what you are most excited about. What was your favorite part? Um, yeah. About the whole shebang, we want to hear it. Yeah, and we also got awesome trailers for Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, Loki, and a new one for WandaVision. And I think Loki just quickly has jumped up the to up my list. Uh, we didn't have a lot to go on beforehand, Same. but that trailer was, uh. I think. Of the trailers I saw, I think that was my favorite uh, of the ones that we kind of, of the existing Disney Plus ones that we were expecting kind of to have had already. But um, yeah, Tom Hiddleston looks like he's going to have a lot of fun with that. The kind of plane, I like how they're mixing like a crime heist with all this Asgard stuff when he's jumping out of the plane with the money case and getting, you know, Heimdall to be <laughs> Stuff like that is just like. I'm glad people dug it because yeah. it's the one I'm least excited about. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It was just, I, I love Owen Wilson. I love it seems funnier than I thought it was going to be. I, I just don't is, care. It's, oh, my gosh. Weird thing. I don't know why. It's not, I love Hiddleston in the role. Like, it's not anything against yeah. him. The talent involved is cool. And even I understand the premise. Like I, the premise is cool on it. I mean, I'm always up for time stuff, but like, yeah, I just that trailer did nothing for me. Oh my god, yeah, that is surprising. I thought you were, yeah, I know. I, I mean, yeah, you're <laughs> that was my second favorite. Anakin, like, you know, I, I hear you. Okay, we got to respect the man's opinion, but like, yeah, I would have been surprised. I thought you would have been like the one. You were like the chosen one to like this, but okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> let's go to the movie side because uh, that's the Disney Plus side. But let's jump to the movie side and just talk real quick. Um, so we got some good movie updates as well. Uh, the biggest one that, of course, has just exploded is that John Watts Spider-Man uh, Home Trilogy director is going to move on next to taking on the Fantastic Four. Uh, so he will be doing, and again, Kevin Feige, I was in so deep to things I was doing that I actually missed that. And then I just heard John Watts will direct. And I was like, John Watts will direct what? And then the internet like exploded. Um, yeah. So Fantastic Four is coming from John Watts and Matt. Let's check with you because the <laughs> internet's a lot more mixed about this than uh, I, I thought they would be. So um, you you seem to be kind of leaning towards the Grinchness of it all. I don't know, leaning towards the Grinch. Uh, but I, as someone <laughs> who has been on record as not like the biggest fans of the Spider-Man movies, even though I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man, I'm I'm with you, Matt. I'm with I, you. I, I'm not thrilled about this, and it's not <laughs> like I'm not down on it necessarily. We'll see what he does, but do I look at that and go like, oh, I want that tone, that vibe to the characters, and that back and forth in the Fantastic Four? No, not really. So like, I don't look at Homecoming uh, or Far From Home and go, yeah, I, I, want, I want that for Fantastic Four. To okay. be fair, I am also not the biggest Fantastic Four fan just in general. So maybe, you know, I was looking for something a little different to maybe try and hook me. Maybe for people who are huge fans of those characters, maybe they're like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. For me, I was like, meh. 
on an already meh premise. <laughs> I think somebody looked at the Josh Trank films and was like, what's the furthest way this way we can go? And they were like, Spider-Man guy? That, that's absolutely <laughs> true. And this is uh, be that, exactly. Yeah, so here we go. The other uh, big kind of reveal we got was that uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, that uh, Christian Bale will be playing Gore, the God Butcher. I love this. You will be playing Thor 4's Gore. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, how do you feel about that? Because, uh, Matt, I think you you probably know the most about, like, kind of the Thor comic series in recent years. How's Gore the God Butcher? But you know this is not going to be the same Gore we got in the comics because this is Taika Taika Waititi, right? But but that's what excites me about it because I really enjoyed Jason Aaron's Thor. I really enjoy, like, the premise of all that not even so much the premise really because i mean how many times have we seen like i'm gonna kill all the gods the gods all die here's a big event here's a big thing here's a doomsday type of situation like we've seen that a lot so it was more like the relationships and the dynamics that the characters had throughout the story that was more interesting that is why i'm excited for taika to get his hands on it because i'm actually excited to see what he does with that i will say bale is a is a is a great actor you know so i mean i'm 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 very intrigued to see what he can bring to a character that to me anyway is not like you know like gore's not the deepest (laughs) it's not the most like thoughtful deepest character there's some really interesting things there but he's not again like on the level some other ones so i'm excited to see what they can do with it so i'm hopeful see i can be positive there you go Let's keep the hope train going for you because I know the thing that really made you stand up and cheer was hearing about your girl and now girls in Captain Marvel 2. <laughs> so big Captain Marvel 2 update we got was that, um, yes, we will be getting Kamala Khan in Captain Marvel 2. Ms. Marvel will be there. And also WandaVision's kind of breakout character, Monica Rambeau, will also be in there. Uh, Matt, what can you tell us about this? Is there anything particularly about kind of that inclusion of characters that points to anything significant in the storyline, or is it just kind of a good time where we're kind of suiting up for here? It's uh, it, it's a little bit of both because like we've seen from the even the scissor reel, but even like set photos from Miss Marvel that like the Captain Marvel like adoration that she has is in full effect. She even wears a costume at one point of Cap. Uh, there's a poster in her room, so like that is very much in fitting with the Kamala carol relationship so number one just from a a mentor type of thing and like that moment that i cannot wait for her to meet her idol like that's going to be great and they have a great dynamic in the books right so that just on its own is interesting once you bring monica in even though in the captain marvel movie maria kind of was the monica essentially like that character had all those things that you would typically associate with monica in the books so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. You know, we still don't know like when the last time Monica saw Cap was because like the, the movie ends with like her heading in space out the scrolls and then, you know, Monica's still younger at that point. So we don't know what that dynamic is. So it's cool to like, I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with that, fill in the blanks. Did she ever come back? I'm assuming she did. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of interesting things there. And then also, of course, in the books, Monica becomes takes the title of Captain Marvel. Uh, that's a very complicated history, but essentially she she has the title of Captain Marvel for a while, but she also has like four other superhero names. So I'm interested to see what that happens, uh, what happens there. Does she get powers? Like all of those things. So like having them all three in the same film was like something fans wanted, but you know, we want a lot of things. 
So the fact that it's happening is cool. Like, it's super cool. We're going to move on, but Janelle Wheeler, last word. What are you most excited for out of this Marvel future? Oh, I, I'm really excited about the first one up, WandaVision. I, I'm a big Loki fan. Loki's like one of my top five favorites ever. And somehow I just have kind of gotten more excited about Wanda. I know that we already know a lot about the trail like they they released another trailer it was very obviously like similar there weren't a lot of really new moments but i think because it is happening so soon and because of the mystical vibe and because there's so many unanswered questions and just to see wanda and vision back together again in some way my heart is just really pumped i actually cried watching the trailer that they showed um it was very emotional for me. And I was just, I'm, I think after this year and like not having the content, just that first like moment, that per first thing to like grab onto that first show, I'm just going to be absolutely pumped to see it. All right. Janelle Wheeler ending us up. See, that's positivity right there, man. Positivity. All right. We're going to jump really quick over to Star Wars. <laughs> and we got a lot of updates on the Star Wars front. Um, the Dis Again, similarly, the Disney Plus side of it is going to explode. We're getting an Ahsoka series. We're getting the Marshals of the New Republic. Uh, we know Mando 3 is when it's coming. We're gonna, we saw some of the Andor series. And uh, yeah, that was all cool. On the movie side, we kind of got a tease of what Taika Waititi's gonna movie's gonna be with the flavor from a logo, but uh, the cool thing that for me was that Patty Jenkins is gonna be doing Rogue Squadron, and she had this what I called the best director audition tape of all time on an airfield rollerblading, talking about her dad being a fighter pilot and how inspirational this was for her, and how she wants to bring that into Star Wars. Really cool. We also learned that Hayden Christensen they confirmed he will be suiting up as Darth Vader in the Obi Wan. Kenobi series from Deborah Chow, which, you know, this is Hayden's redemption moment, and I stand behind that big time. Um, Agreed. I just rewatched the Star Wars prequels with my son for the first time, and <gasps> oh my yeah, gosh. it's just, yeah, that was, I mean, I'm leaving the human side out of this, um, but uh, he really enjoyed him, but um, more than that, like, on Disney+, Plus and kind of seeing them, I just, they've aged to the point where they kind of fit that same kind of kitschy weird thing as the original trilogy it's kind of a little more in sync and and i just enjoy them now uh i don't have my like internet stakes all up in it and so like yeah it, it's just a little more enjoyable and i would like to see him come back and and really them recreate in that relationship and another duel between them and uh it's good because it fills in a blank of how obi-wan can confirms that he's changed because he never knows that our anakin is still alive at the end of the prequels but by a new hope he knows that he's vader and, you know, he has this whole story to tell Luke about it and all that stuff. And this will help fill in that blank. So that's cool. Do you guys think some people are worried on the Internet that Star Wars is getting a little too crowded again? Because Star Wars tried to ramp up content when this Disney, when a sequel trilogy went out with this, with this kind of, so, you know, the standalones and all that. And it, and it became too much for people. Mando has been a good thing. It's opened some doors. Do you think this is too much? Because we got a, I mean, this is, I'm only touching on a piece of this. Right. The one that we mainly care about. They went on, there was so much Star Wars stuff that I it's can't hard even tell you about it I glazed over yeah. <laughs> at a certain point. Kathleen Kennedy was just on. It was like, I was like, she could have taken my wallet if I had been standing there in person because I was just like, uh, like, you know, <laughs> comatose. Um, 
Bad Batch, that uh, Clone Wars spinoff looked really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. That real looked really cool. But yeah, there's a bunch of other projects. Does this all seem like too much, too fast to you guys? Janelle. Okay, I, I don't think it is because it's a completely different format. Um, these are shows, not movies. Um, you can kind of, as I've learned, not having all of the context with Star Wars and that entire, uh, you know, universe, everything that it is, you can enjoy things separately. You don't have to like latch onto one. And then like, in order to understand that you have to watch all of the things, um, I think there's going to be casual consumers of this and then there's going to be the diehards and the diehards are probably i mean i can't imagine them not liking all this content and not having all of this well, but for me casually speaking i'm probably going to cherry pick personally there's that's good also going to come i'm sure into play like there's a high republic series called the acolyte that looks like pretty ominous it has a slash title on it and yeah. it's in the final days of the high republic which is this new line they're launching Next year, we're getting a uh, Lando event series. I don't know what that means, but um, that could go several kinds of ways. We're getting a first anime, Star Wars Visions. I think there's more for the kids. So, like, yeah. Right. Pick and uh, choose what works best for you. Hopefully, they don't have to, you don't have to, like, have this idea and this, like, massive, you know, time set aside to watch every single things to understand. But I do love that they have, if you have put in the time, if you are a huge super fan, there's going to be call twos and beautiful Easter eggs. And it's just, I think it, they've done such a good job with Mandalorian. I have very high expectations and hopes for this. Yeah. And just kind of, we're going to take a break, but just to kind of close us out on this. Yeah, I mean, we're basically filling up a section of a Disney Plus streaming brand, right? Seriously, like, yeah, yeah. We, need more, we need more options under that Star Wars banner. Right. And uh, yeah, we're not going to talk Mandalorian this week, but if you haven't seen the episode, it makes a case at least for why if they do some right moves, this uh, Rangers of the New Republic series could actually be pretty fun. There's some characters we could see show up that that's pretty cool. So we'll talk more about that on comicbook.com Star Wars. But uh, we're going to take a break. That's it for our Disney Investor Day 2020 wrap up. That's the parts we care about. Well, I know Matt likes some of the Disney stuff coming, but we just. I do too. I'm with Matt on that. Pixar. Yeah, awesome. Guys, we have a shorter show. I can't do that. <laughs> we'll be right back after this break. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. All right, so... Let's talk. What's next? Spider-Man. It's been a crazy week. And in some ways, I'm glad we do things just once a week now because I couldn't imagine trying to spread this Spider-Man stuff over two shows in the week because it's been a week, y'all. Um, so we started seeing this blip of what was happening in Spider-Man 3. You know, while we were all looking at Craven the Hunter and all this stuff, you, Jamie Foxx's Electro was coming back, which made us raise our eyebrows. And people, we were like, okay, well, maybe it's just him getting recast in the MCU as a different version of the Electro, you know, all this stuff. Then we started having like Doctor Strange was possibly showing up, and we're like, well, that's kind of multiverse strange. And then we go on, and now, like, in this week, in the last week, I think it's just been like Alfred Molina's 
Dr. Octopus is coming back. And everybody's like, okay, wait a minute. Hold on here. Like, what's happening? And then it just, like, is a snowball, right? Then we got Garfield reported. Andrew Garfield's reportedly coming back. Kirsten Dunst reportedly coming I back. I thought you meant, like, the, the Garfield was coming back. <laughs> the Garfield! No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would be excited about that, too. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, no, Andrew Garfield's coming back. And, you know, Kirsten Dunst is coming back. Then there's rumors, where's Toby? Where's Toby? Then Toby's people are spying on where Toby is now. And he's looking like he's showing up for costume fittings. And everybody's like, oh, man, it just keeps on going. And, um, yeah, it, it just looks like this thing. Then we hear Daredevil's going to maybe be in this. I mean, this has gotten so crazy. I forgot how much this is actually going on this week. Yeah, Daredevil's going to possibly, Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock Daredevil's going to possibly be in this. Then there's entire Kingpin campaigns. We want him to. Like, it's literally turning into that Avengers Endgame scene. Like, is like you know, is everyone here? You know, you wanted more? Like, and people are like, yeah. So, as exciting as this is on the one front, of course, it's raised this discussion and entire series of jokes and memes already about, you know, where does Tom, poor Tom Holland fit into this? Matt, is this too much? I mean, I feel like this is the antithesis of what you actually said you wanted at the end of Far From Home when we talked about that movie, which was to get Spider-Man out of everybody else's shadow and let him just, you know, let Spider-Man be Spider-Man in his own movie. Well, I mean, he's going to do that technically just with other Spider-Men. When's he going to do it? With yeah, other Spider-Men. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, this is This is not at all what i wanted so yes i feel like yes the, the answer is there can be too much this is too much what why is this in it, it's one thing if it's on a major event film like infinity war or even an avengers movie you would be more accepting because like those movies have wider ramifications and are bigger event type things kind of made for featuring a bunch of people this is supposed to be spider-man's movie so at this point, I understood the various Spider-Men coming in. So like that was going to be a cool moment or whatever. And I understand also that you probably need other pieces in place to make that happen, i.e. Doctor Strange. But like, why the hell is Daredevil there? <laughs> like, why, why is Doctor Octopus coming back? Like, the Electro, like, and at this point, please, if, if everyone's getting a second shot, Someone give Paul Giamatti a call because he needs a redo on Rhino, and that that was terrible. <laughs> he needs a he needs a redo. So I, I I don't like this. That was the whole point of those first two movies. Was like he has a mentor. At some point, Spider Man has to like grow up and be like a legit hero on his own and have team ups because oh they happen to be in the same area, not because like he's got to be taught by somebody or school. But like, at some point, that gets old, and to me, that's already old. So. I'm not thrilled about this, more so not for the individual talents, because they're all awesome, and I want them in the MCU, but do we have to do it all in the same movie? Like, can we spread that out yeah. a little bit? That's me. Personally, I'm kind of just, I'm kind of uh, leaning towards the, I mean, John Watts is kind of a comedian. I'm leaning towards the thing that this is going to be like one massive, not so much fake out, but just not quite what people expect. I feel like this could be like the climactic end to a movie where it's just like there's a whole wide Spider-Verse out there and we begin to just see these kind of cameo appearances. Kind of like uh, the the Arrowverse did with its um, crisis stuff. Like you just kind of get these little vignettes and scenes of, of these various parts of the Spider-Man universe. 
what we're really seeing is them bringing back people just to to run through maybe montages. I don't know if this will be a major part of the story. I think the story will be kind of weirdly showing Peter Parker a bigger thing to make him appreciate a smaller thing kind okay. of story. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. While then opening the franchise doors to like literally any possibility thereafter um, on Sony's side, because they have this is a lot of this could fall back into Sony's court, right? For them to take the franchise afterwards, if if you know, weirdly, if they bring back Garfield or something like any of that stuff. So, yeah, I'm wondering if this is all just going to be like a lot of work for just one kind of you know frivolous payoff scene, right? And uh, too, so much excitement, so much hype, and then it's we just see like 30 seconds of each person or something like it would just be so weird. Well, I just feel like it could be so muddled. Would you be upset? Yes. Not me, because I, would. I mean, first, I mean, I'm just cynical and, and semi-dead inside, but like, <laughs> and I know the business, like, I don't think any of these people signed up. I don't think Tobey Maguire, like, stopped playing with his kids to come, like, do an entire Spider-Man movie. I could be totally wrong. Right. About no, you're, you're probably all right. All Maguire fans, and, and I hope if that's what you're hoping for, that I'm wrong and you get something more than that. But I just feel like it, it the writing would be on the wall that it's just kind of, they get them in the door by saying like, all you literally have to do is just like show up on day, but in like, let us get a couple shots of you guys standing there. And, and, you know, that's it really. Um, right. And it's just for the fans and it's just for this thing. So and it's a franchise opener. That's yeah. what I hope for. Just because then it's a small contained thing with a bunch of really cool cameos and suggestions yeah. of like, Hey, this person, we can access them now. Here's a, here's the entryway to bring them in fully if we want to. I like that. Yeah, a, and I think that's my my just speculation is that it's just a franchise door opener and it, and it's something Marvel would put together on a scale to help Sony out, right? Because okay. then Sony can do literally anything with an entire Spider-Verse after that. Um, right. And or even set up any of those big Spider-Verse villains as a franchise of their own and tie all their stuff together. So that's my theory. I don't know that, but like, I feel like that would explain how they get all these people back in, in, into this thing. Even Paul Giamatti's Rhino. All right, <laughs> let's move on. So that's what's going on with Spider-Man three. We'll keep you updated on comicbook.com Marvel about what all's happening with that. So this week in comics, let's talk guys. We've been through some Marvel crossovers this year. Seems like we've been like middling to not impressed with them so far <laughs> uh, in the last year. Uh, we did Empire, which, you know, I'm not afraid to say I I, I respectfully disliked. Um, That's on point. That's on yes, point. it is. Yes, hmm. yes, I, I didn't I, like it at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I am trying to respect the efforts of the creators who I'm sure put work into it. Um, then we did Ten of Swords, which was kind of a middling thing, that X-Men crossover. Now we're at King in Black, which is this big Marvel Universe crossover, of which Venom is the centerpiece, of course. Null, the god of the symbiotes, has kind of arrived on Earth, and it's about how things go very wrong with that. And we have King in Black number one, and I've read Venom 31, which I think is the second part of that. And I, and I think that's all we have so far, or are there other tie-ins out there? So, I think there's one other one, but it's not like like those are the two main. Okay, and even Venom is really a side thing that doesn't reveal a ton more. So no, and I was gonna about to say that. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, this one is just like right off the bat. It's it's kind of in the middle. Of, I mean, they did this thing with the Venom Beyond kind of nice trick of that previous cro- like Venom storyline that was in this alternate universe. And then he comes back and it's like, oh, all the waiting's done. Like time for this war with Null. And it's been interesting how they stage it because we get like, you know, we're in the middle of the battle, but they have been made. They made these plans. We're not sure about all what all went at, on in the past for them to prepare for this. But in the first issue, it's pretty drastic. The things are not going well. And this is like Null is really taken immediately to that kind of Omega level Marvel villain by doing some pretty drastic things that we're going to talk about. Uh, spoilers for King and Black. Oh, yes. Spoilers. Like, um, I love how they just kind of take Marvel's big MacGuffin uh, sentry who comes flying in and quickly establish, nah, this is a new era of villain. We're not playing around like because that guy just literally tears sentry in half. Um, <laughs> and Noel is a freaky villain because the idea of this creature that can control in an, literally an entire planet worth of symbiotes is, is pretty horrifying and just seeing people get covered in, you know, black goo and <laughs> all the kind of lethal ways that he can use that power in, in you know, would make Terminator blush. So, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I enjoyed that. The Venom kind of sidebar I'll just say was interesting. It was more Tom Kingy than I thought it would be. Uh, that issue in it because it's just literally an issue about Venom falling to the ground uh, for an entire issue. Uh, so interesting, unexpected things, but still feels like it's the one crossover this year that actually has that big Marvel-wide appeal. Agree. I, I, I feel like uh, this yeah. is the truest event <laughs> we had <laughs> all year long. Aside from was absolute. This year, last year, it's all blending together. I know. I think Absolute Carnage was last, was last year, year or ended at the very beginning of this year. Because okay. <laughs> it feels like, geez. Um, but I mean, honestly, since then, that's the most traditional. And I mean by that, like roller coaster, popcorn, big blockbuster thing that feels like a legit event um, for Marvel, anyway. Uh, that's that's been the and to me so far, uh, you know I I feel like Ten of Swords got off to a to a more uh, interesting start maybe is the best way to put that but but this still this still feels like bombastic and fun um, yeah I feel like this is finally the the event that will hopefully get us to look past Empire. And what Empire could have been. Though the, the most important stuff here is still the same thing that's been key to all the Venom books, even Venom Beyond, which was actually really good, um, is Dylan and Eddie. It's their their little their relationship is and they're growing, like him growing to a parent and trying his best. And like Dylan just recently meeting his mom, it's an alternate universe mom, but like still like all those things are really interesting. So that's still the core of this, and like absolute carnage, that's gonna be what makes it work if they keep that through life. Janelle, we threw you into this. Oh, How are you doing? I loved this so much. Like, breezed through it so fast and wanted to kind of go back and check on a couple things. But I, I absolutely loved this. I knew exactly what was happening. I never felt lost. Um, obviously, I'm familiar with a lot of these characters, so I felt very comfortable in this space. Um, and I just, I just loved it. I, I the artwork was beautiful. The writing was well done. Um, very excited about this. I, I read three comics this week, 
um, I w- you know, you guys had me do that. And this was definitely my favorite of the three for sure. Yeah. Nice. All right. So we're going to be keeping an eye on King and Black because like Matt said, I mean, this is like the real, real of these Marvel events. Yeah, it felt events. like that. Yeah. Um, so and I'm interested to see how it resolves and what it does for symbiotes in the Marvel universe going forward, because it's a concept that got a little out of hand. So I'm kind of <laughs> saying how they kind of clear the stage and, and reset things with this, because there's some potentially interesting things that Venom Beyond actually foreshadowed or set the stage for. So. Yeah, like coming in cold to that. I could tell that this probably was a huge thing that I didn't really know how powerful it was and how big it was, but I still felt it. Like I felt the impact and I knew how big of a deal it was and how terrifying these things were. And I'm just pumped to see the rest. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's talk about, let's get into the one. Matt, you stumped really hard for DC this week that we were inclusionary. <laughs> we never have any bias towards one publisher or the other or any of the independents in between, but it just didn't seem like DC put up anything this week that we were really interested to talk about. But Matt, he stumped hard for all you DC fans, and he put up uh, Batman Black and White. So let's talk. Let's talk about Batman Black and White. Um, all I'm going to say, and like I said, I've been working hard to be more kind of civil and diplomatic and respectful of the creative efforts put into these projects is that um, Batman black and white is something I I label as a oceans 12. And if you don't know what that term means, it's one that I and some other loose world bold thinkers have applied. It's any, uh, it's kind of any project in the uh, entertainment industry that, that carries the same sins as oceans 12, which is just like a bunch of the people who got together and were like, oh, let's make this movie that's going to be fun for us. And it, <laughs> but maybe not so much as fun or, or like for us watching as we're not so much in the crowd or the joke of, of this as a bunch of people. And I felt like Batman Black and White was kind of in that vein. Um, I could see this as an awesomely unique coffee table book at, uh, at, at a really, you know, hardcore DC fan, you know, fan geek's house sitting there and something I'd be pick up while we were having a cocktail party or something. And I'd be like, Oh, what is this? This is interesting. But just as a read uh, for casual comic fans, like, no, not for me. Um, first of all, I'll just run down the list. This was another one. You could not read comiXology guided view that, that was oh not my helpful. gosh. Yeah. It was driving me insane. So oh I, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> right? Especially certain ones. Oh man. Yeah. You had to kind of zoom out and just look at each page. So it became more like yes. a finding Waldo experience yes. or, or an MC Escher's painting than like, you know, uh, which I have um, respect for. I do. Exactly. If I was at a cock drinking a wine glass in my hand and the coffee table book I picked up, I'd yeah, like, it would oh, be beautiful. Print. Print. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Fancy party Batman, exactly. And yeah, (laughs) some of the storytelling was just also very, it looked like the writers had gotten in a room and pumped each other up very much, which can be, as somebody who's been in a lot of writer workshops, it can be very good. It could also be very bad because this one just, I mean. Can feel very self-indulgent. Yes, uh, yes. The COVID one nearly broke. I'm so glad you guys are saying this. I texted Matt. And one of the books, I was like, I swear to God, I'm reading Shakespeare. Like, I can't understand what they're saying. It was only one section, but I was so confused with yeah, one the COVID of those one books. I snapped on with the COVID pearls and, and Invisible Enemy. I was like, 
bro. This is not what we need right My, now. The one I'm talking about was one after that. It was you very. I'll well just get on a video and sing a match. <laughs> like, stop. This, <laughs> the one that I'm talking about, it felt very like poetry or something. I don't know. <laughs> God, okay, yeah, so, I know which one you're talking yeah. about. So that, I didn't I, understand. I don't know who that person was because I didn't get, I couldn't finish the story. I was like, I don't know if you're Robin or what's happening here, but I'm going to go on to the next one. Oh, God. I, came, I, I pushed like through. Five. Does, is it five? I think there's five stories. It yeah. might be four. Because there's like two small interludes. Which, by the way, one thing that I would love for them to make an improvement on, and this is especially for people reading on Comicsology, but also just in general, um, they don't label when a story... They label when a story starts and with the new creative team. They do not label the interludes. So, like, the, you don't know... Use like right. There's two instances where you just switch. You just have to, like, make sure like, you're paying attention to the artwork. Yeah. I'm like, did the story end? Like, are we in a new yeah. thing? And then it's like done. That's not done very well, and that needs to that needs to improve in the in the next one. Like any anthology, right? This is gonna every story is gonna be a little different. Like next, right. the next issue is gonna feature like Tom King, right? So there's gonna be different creators with every single one. The Paul Dini one, I I actually liked. I actually enjoyed that one mm -hmm. um, a lot, and I believe um, the story were surrounding Croc. I yeah, was that was the one. Oh I yeah. That was the only one I really came away and was like, okay, I like this one. Yeah, I liked it because it, it used the black and white in the primary way I thought was most effective, which was the noir kind of throwback mm -hmm. story, um, yes. which was really good using Killer Croc. And there were just a lot of point of view reversals in that that were, that were interesting. Yes. The Pearls one was my least favorite. And the reason why, though, is because like at this point, I am so overseeing anything to do with Batman's origin. Like tie anything tying back to like why I Batman is boring to me. So like we know like anything that like am I the villain? Like any of those, like I'm so over certain story tropes when it comes to Batman. So like the pearls, I understand, and it was actually kind of cool, like how they followed the pearls and it, I I didn't hate it as much at the very end of the story, but I still didn't love it. And that's one right. thing like I don't. I don't like. I also actually found some interesting things in that that ninja, <laughs> the ninja the concept cool. of it. The story was really the art cool. was the really art cool. was was it was cool once you pulled back and could appreciate right. It. And yeah. that was one case where I felt like I needed to be holding a book in my hand. Yes, the one the one punch one, the one yeah. fist one yeah. hit. Yeah, yeah, yes. um, very interesting concept. Yeah. Um, and that was a gorgeous artwork. But I did yeah. feel the Waldo thing because I, I was yes. trying to like find Batman. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah, is one I had to hand. But um, I guess we gotta we gotta wrap it up. But just to kind of wrap it up, I say I think that brings us back full circle to saying like, if you enjoy the concept of fancy party Batman, this book is probably for you. This is I think it'd be a beautiful Batman. coffee like coffee table like something to put on display. Even it's just cool because yeah. of the coloring and everything. I don't know if you're decorating your house. Uh, that's just the woman in me. <laughs> like, <laughs> so just fancy like coloring in books. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We were nearly yeah. we did that on a positive note almost. So let's <laughs> do that. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Matt, uh, do we have any rundowns on comics or anything this week? Or are you uh no, because uh you can check out all of our reviews on comicbook.com this week, but we were diving into a couple, so I was like, no, we're good. Right. <laughs> yeah, we talked we 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 hit the big bullet point. I all love right. this. I love right. comics. So
you guys, thank you for tuning in to Comic Book Nation. We hope to see you every week. We put up new episodes on uh, Fridays now, I believe. And we will be live on Twitch when we do them. You can also catch them on Facebook later if you miss the Twitch live. And if you miss the Facebook one, you can also catch us on the Comic Book Nation YouTube page. We're also on the Comic Book Nation Twitter handle, hashtag. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And we're still not back in an office, so we still have a merch closet full of shirts we got to get rid of. So if you want to leave a five-star review of the podcast on Apple Podcast, you will be marked down for one of our uh, free shirts when we get back in there. So take advantage while you can. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in. As always, this has been Comic Book Nation, and we hope to see you guys next time. Peace. Deuces. Bye, guys.